Welcome to the Addiction Solution Podcast. I'm Michelle Dunbar. Enjoy listening and watching as addiction experts Mark Sheeran and I cover controversial as well as helpful topics on addiction, how to move past it, and other related subjects. As two of the co-founders of the Freedom Model, Mark and I will give you a completely new perspective on the topics that matter to you. We will take to task the Recovery Society's lies and misinformation and replace them with facts, research, and the methods to move on from addiction struggles without 12-step meetings, rehabs, and the shackles of endless recovery. Let's escape the treatment and recovery trap together and learn to be free. Welcome to the truth. If you feel you need time away from your life to learn how to solve your substance use problem for good without distractions, 12-step meetings, or other counterproductive processes, then the St. Jude Retreat with its Freedom Model program are for you. From the moment you arrive, you'll know that this place is special, effective, and different. We won't bring you to AA meetings. We won't take away your cell phone or tablet. And yes, you can have contact with your family and friends at any time. We don't treat our guests like children or criminals like rehabs do. You'll be surrounded by open fields with mountain views. The retreat is set up to help you to relax, reset, and learn how you can solve your addiction and move on with your life. You'll be learning the world-renowned Freedom Model program directly with co-developers Mark Sheeran and Michelle Dunbar in private one-on-one sessions. You'll also have your own room with no roommates. There's no need to be uncomfortable while getting through such a vulnerable time. In addition to having your private bedroom and meals prepared by our executive chef, there's high-speed internet access so you can keep in touch with work obligations if needed. When not in class, you can enjoy one of the many amenities available, including on-site swimming pool, dry sauna, and a pond for fishing. There's also walking trails, or you can take a trip to the gym. We welcome guests from all over the world who are seeking to escape the addiction and recovery trap once and for all. Call 888-424-2626 to reserve your room today. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Addiction Solution Podcast. I'm Michelle Dunbar. And I'm Mark Sheeran, and we are the co-founders and co-authors of the Freedom Model for Addictions, and uh, along with Stephen Slate. Yes. And... Just to give you a little background on the Freedom Model, if this is your first time, you know, when you were looking for a new podcast about addiction, um, we are the Addiction Solution. Um, We have been doing this for more than 30 years and helping people to not just solve addiction, not just become abstinent or what, what people traditionally think of as solving an addiction, we help people to move on with their lives. You don't have to be stuck in recovery, going to meetings, going to therapy, taking medications, whatever. Addiction is not a disease. It's not an illness. That's right. It's not something that happens to you. It's not a nebulous force that's trying to attack you. you there's no battle with addiction. They're just uh, choices and habits that we build within our own minds. And and we move on uh, and we can move on from those old habits. We can change our mind about the preference for heavy intoxication. So today, what we want to talk about is uh, support group meetings and why we don't recommend them, and but why many people like them and do go. Yeah, you know what is the allure of of support group meetings like AA and NA and OA and all these other ones? SA. I mean, there's there's all kinds of you know we, I, we one of the things I mentioned to Mark earlier was. 
Um, you don't really, are there smokers meetings? Are there meetings for people who are trying to quit smoking now? Because I, I don't know of any. Well, they exist, but they're not pop popular because people know that that would be a sham. It's ridiculous. It is ridiculous. Right. So, so that is one of those things where if you're curious about the whole support group meeting structure and the need for it, I mean, smoking is one of the most quit. Nicotine is one of the most quit addictions that there is. Right. And they do it without support. Yep. And, and it has withdrawal. It has all the earmarks of the same kind of thing that, that drinking and drugging has, except it doesn't have the same perceived benefits. Right. Right. So, so there's, um, with drinking and drugging, people do it because they find that they have these perceived benefits that it takes away their anxiety. It makes them more social. It's a social lubricant, all these different, um, things that they see as, as beneficial. Um, now when they quit, they people are are taught that they need meetings, which is really the the crux of what we're trying to talk about today. Is what what about an AA meeting of all things, like a twelve step support group meeting, is so attractive that people will give up sometimes uh, years of their lives uh, or an entire lifetime, and they give up their own social life to to embark on on going to meetings every night. And why would people choose to do that? You know, um, because if you've ever been to an AA meeting or an NA meeting or any type of 12 steps support meeting, it's not fun. You know, it's not uh, engaging. It's not um, you're not allowed to think deeply mm -hmm. about topics. Uh, as a matter of fact, you're taught how not to think, how to how to basically take on a group identity. So the question is, why would people give up their their God given right to speak and to think and to express their autonomy, why would they give that up for groupthink? And because that's what 12-step meetings are based on, groupthink. Stop thinking, keep it simple. If you think you drink, you know, there's these ideas that are, are part of the cult of Alcoholics Anonymous and 12-step groups. So why are people attracted to that? That's the question. I mean, I, we're going to answer that. We're going to answer it. Um, first of all, when I first went to my first AA meeting, I didn't want to go, um, but I, I was raised in AA, so I felt like I had to be there. Mm -hmm. Like I had this alcohol and drug problem. I had quit five or so days before I went to my first meeting, but it didn't occur to me that I had actually already quit without going <laughs> yeah. to AA. That didn't occur to me. Right. What occurred to me was I need to go if I, if I want to stay quit. Like that's something that I'm going to need. And, and my first week or two of meetings um, was pretty uncomfortable for lack of a better word. Uh, it was a very, and I had been to AA meetings as a child. I had been brought to them by my dad. Yeah. You I, were familiar with it. I was familiar, but going as the substance user. As the subject. As, as the person <laughs> that has, that's broken, that has the problem. Uh, was just awful. I mean, it was, and people already knew me, which made it even more uncomfortable because these same, I hate to say it, but assholes who had said to me five or so years earlier, we're saving you a seat. Um, oh, now they were, now they were super smug. Like, we're so glad you decided to join us. I mean, talk about condescending. Yeah making you uncomfortable. I had this woman that ended up being my sponsor bring me to meetings like an hour away a couple of times because I was I didn't want 
to have that, right? Yeah, yeah. So so I stuck it out though in those first couple of weeks of meetings because I really, really did want to change my life. You know, and and it was for me, and I, I tell people this all the time, it was a concrete manifestation of a life change I was making. It was the only one I knew how to make other than not drinking or doing drugs. So what you're saying is it, it was a ritual that was going to replace the ritual of drinking at a bar. Now you're in a church basement ritual saying, I'm doing this for sobriety. Yes, that's what it was for me. It was, it was, uh, and, and, you know, a lot of people report that, well, it was a bunch of people I finally felt comfortable with. I didn't initially. I didn't. It was something I I had to force myself to participate. If yeah. that makes sense. Yeah. So so I mean, I made friends. I mean, I mean, the truth is, I met Mark before I went to AA, but but I did make some friends there, um, and you know, and it. So I I after a couple few months, I started to get more comfortable. Yeah. Um, and then it became my friends group. Yep. You know, so th that's, so for me, that's the, that was the allure of the meetings. It was, I'm not going to go to the bar anymore. I'm going to go to the church basement. And then it was, okay, I've given up all of my other friends and family, quite frankly. And now I have to make these people my friends. Yeah. So I had a similar experience. I grew up in AA or around it. Then I had a problem. Then uh, my life fell apart. And so I was uh, right from the before I ever drank, like you, um, it was expected that if I drank, I was going to end up in AA. So it was a foregone Always. conclusion. So the entire time that I drank, I had this horrible pit in my stomach that someday I was going to be in those godforsaken rooms, you know, and I didn't want to be, but I thought it was inevitable. So I just hit the bottle so damn hard that it ended up there. Um, and so, so I, out of default, I ended up there and, but I really felt that, that I didn't have a life at that point because I had burned so many bridges. So AA became my, my search for friends and somewhere to fit. Yes. Um, and I fit there because I could easily leverage being a loser as an accolade. Ooh, that's a good one. That yeah. is a good one. Like, yeah, the worse you are, the more popular you become. If the, yes. the better your war stories, you know, the, 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 with women, it's the, it's not just the war stories of getting drunk and stuff with women. It's the bigger bitch you were, you know, it, right. it, the, the like, more wacky and screwed yeah, the up more you were. Crazy. I, was a, I was a crazy bitch, you yes. know? And yeah. <laughs> well, with guys, it was, you know, how many times did you go to jail? How many fights did you get into? How many places did you rob, you know, or, or, you know, then you could take pride in, I'm a business guy who just, you know, I, I'm one of those functional alcoholics. And, but the reality is this, ultimately the allure is, I think, a social one. I think number one definitely, is social. Definitely. Fitting in, leveraging bad and making things that were not healthy and good for me, leveraging that into an asset. They actually talk about that and, and then using that in some spiritual quest that they push that where you're taking your, your screwed up past and you're passing it on to another person saying, Hey, you two can join with us. We're all screwed up. And that's the standard here. And you fit in too. I know you're a square peg in a round hole out in the real world, but here 
we're all square pegs. And, <laughs> and, you know, and that is That's so good. That's right. That, that is, that is so attractive when you're down. It so is, you know, like, holy shit. So I didn't drink uh, for nothing. I'm getting something for all this money and all this pain I've caused. I'm getting a trophy for it now. Holy shit. I think I'll stick around and get more of this. And I remember guys bragging how they beat their wives. Yes. Oh my God. There was a guy who was, I remember I was probably two or three weeks into meetings and it was a guy who was five years sober and he was chair in a meeting and he was very dramatic about how close he was to a drink. I was like, oh my God. And, and he was that guy who was like, you know, it's it, it, some, sometimes people just piss you off. They just piss you off and you just got to let it out. And, but I didn't drink today. Right. I didn't drink today. You know, he, I kicked my dog. I, I, you know, punched my wife. I did this, I, but I didn't drink today. And I can say these things in a meeting because you all understand me. Right. And I remember sitting there going, uh, I, I don't understand that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that, yeah. that sounds terrible. But I did understand it to a certain extent because I lived it as and, a child and, of someone that was in the meetings who was doing that exact same thing. And you were there. You were at there at the meeting for a similar style reason. Maybe not that particular detail, but you were getting something out of that meeting. Yes. Not sobriety. Nobody's getting sobriety. There no. isn't some some uh, magic in a in a church basement that renders you unable or to be compelled to drink, right? I mean, right. There's no, no more than there's magic in alcohol, right? Exactly. Yeah, we, you know, the people that like AA believe in the magic fully all the way around. That's you know? right. So, yeah. So what it what it comes down to, I think the allure is being special, leveraging your bad past or your broken past or your screwed up past into some asset. Um, gaining a guru status. If you get good at it enough, you look around the room and you see who's running the show and you say, I want to be that guy. That was me. Mm -hmm. I became a guru. It's embarrassing to me now, but, but we became gurus, mm -hmm. um, big book thumpers. Uh, dogma is, is a wonderful thing. If you want simple answers to complicated problems and you want to stick your head in the sand about reality, um, just follow the big book mindlessly. Uh, mindlessly go to meetings, mindlessly follow the rhetoric, mindlessly, uh, you know, live your life according to slogans that are on a wall somewhere and just live your life day by day by day by day by those rules. Well, and that's the, that's one of the other allures initially. And it, 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 I burst through it because it was comfortable only for a little while for me. And that's the whole one day at a time thing where you don't have to live your life. You can kind of hide out in meetings and you don't, you know, what we talked about in the freedom model, swing in the bat, you don't have to do that at all. That's discouraged. Yeah. You know, you can, you can stay kind of in your little microcosm of a world in this little recovery thing, which is, which is actually, I mean, Hollywood's made it all kinds of um, romanticized and everything being in recovery. Um, but really what it is, is you, you just, you live one day at a time and you don't, you don't challenge yourself. You don't put yourself out there. You, you know, especially for a whole year, you're not supposed to change jobs. You're not supposed to get relationships. You're just not supposed to live. So now we're getting to the root of it. So ultimately human beings will do just about anything to make their life easier. Yeah. It's, it's within our 
natural evolution to find solutions to problems that are happiness-based, that bring some sort of benefit to our lives. And that's unavoidable. You're going to find a better way. If you have two options standing right directly in front of you in any situation, and whatever one you believe at that moment is going to bring you the greatest benefit you're going to go towards. So when your life's down the dumps and somebody says you can go to a meeting, not take any risk, not have to go expand your career, not fix your marriage, not take care of the legal troubles. And all you have to do is hide away in this church basement and feel special for a little while. Yep. Guess what you're going to do? You're going to be really attracted to that. But Michelle brings up something I think that's just as important. That shit wears out because it's an illusion. And that is you're just like drinking at the yes. bar. Your problems continue to pile up. Your marriage doesn't get solved. Your career is floundering. The legal troubles are piling up. The bench warrant still exists. Your reputation is still marred. So you can hide away in a church basement or uh, with a bunch uh, of people that are going to pat you on the back and tell you how great you're doing. Leveraging all this mm -hmm. badness, all this, not badness, but the, but the side of your life that hasn't been productive, the counterproductive side of your life isn't bad or good. It just is what it is. And leveraging all that and making it sound romantic or... You can take some risk, leave the meeting, and then start to move on and move forward, solving the problems, and then putting them behind you and living a wonderful, free life. Now, there's no group think out there. In the real world, no. it's just you. You know, there's no, no sponsor patting you on the back when you make a mistake. There's none of that. So there's risk involved in living. And really, that's what people are afraid to do. Yeah. In a lot of cases. I'm not, I don't want to put everybody in that bundle. I'm just talking what I've seen over 33 years. Right. The people that have the allure that are, because we have people that, that, you know, get the freedom model and they go through the whole process and they struggle and they flounder and they, they, they're drawn, just like you're drawn back to the allure of intoxication. The perceived benefits. Right. The perceived benefits. They're drawn back to the allure of the meetings, the people that are- The that perceived are, benefits of that. Exactly. And in both cases, in both cases, you're not addressing, one, your strong preference for alcohol. Right. Make a direct preference change, which we discussed in the previous podcast. Right. You're, you're also- you haven't really shed the addict identity if you feel like you need support, oh, right? That's right. You, so, so you're in both cases, you haven't done that. Maybe you've read the freedom model. Maybe you believe a lot of it, but you haven't actually done the work of figuring out how much you like it and what you like about it and challenging those preferences and shedding that identity of somebody that's broken, that needs support. Okay. So if you want to use this scenario, you're, trying to climb a mountain, but you're running around the base, running around the base. You haven't actually done it, done it. You might've climbed a little, but then mm, I got scared or I got, I felt bad. I had a bad day or whatever. Or you just found it took, took some work. Yeah. It took some work in changing your life. You got to be willing to leave the meeting for the hour. And what are you going to do in that hour at eight o'clock at night? I mean, there's a practical side to this where you have to look and say, well, I'm just maybe not willing to let go of that security blanket because I don't want to take the risk of challenging my perceived benefits. I want to live with the illusion. I want to believe in active placebos and believe in the magic of alcohol. I'm going to go there still. Okay. Then call it that. Yeah. Know that that's what you're doing. 
if you know that's what you're doing and you study it and you see the 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 sort of farce that you're living, you're eventually going to let go of it. Everybody that does the freedom model eventually says, ah, I really do need to move right. on. So now I just, for some reason, everyone's, because I've been doing this for so long, like I hear the devil's advocate in my head and I heard somebody in my head <laughs> from the past say, but what about, you know, when you just need someone, what about when you need someone to talk to need, you don't, what you're, are you down on making friends? And, and my answer is no, not at all, but there are certain things in our life. Okay that nobody can do for us, that yes, if you want to have somebody to talk to and have fun with, there are a whole lot of people in the world that aren't in AA meetings that are wonderful people. Well, there's many, 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 many more numerically that don't go to meetings than, than that do. Right. And that have pretty good lives, lives that you might want to emulate, right? And you meet them doing all kinds of things, all kinds of wonderful things, uh, joining a hiking club, going to school, um, joining a volunteer organization. Um, at work. Go at work. Just at work. Most of you are at work. Yeah. <laughs> you, know? you know? And so, so I mean- if you get out and live, you're going to meet people quite as a natural part of the process. I, I think, let me jump in here because most people will say to that, well, everybody drinks and that's just not true. You believe that because you have immersed yourself. If you that's particularly right. are answering that way, the answer is that, that you've immersed yourself with drinkers and you've, you've put yourself in that tiny microcosm, that tiny group of people when the vast majority of people aren't living that heavy drinking, drugging lifestyle. Right. They, right. they may have a couple glasses of wine out at dinner, but they're not, you know, drinking, uh, you know, two bottles a night. Right. Right. So, so don't start down this path where you've already cut out the vast majority of people on the planet from your plan. Yeah, you know, right. if you're going to do that, just know that you're bullshitting yourself about that yeah. and, and that you're living a lie and that you want to hang out with people of like mind because you're more comfortable there. Um, that's fine, but own it. Yeah. You know, so, because if you own it, you can change it easily and, and go find the other groups of people that are living their lives, doing other things. And uh, sometimes, frankly, I used to go to these, these, um, weekends with my son wrestling, youth wrestling goes all over the world. And almost every weekend for about 10 years, I was in bars and hotel rooms with crazy parents uh, <laughs> of this whole society of wrestlers. And a lot of them would party in the bars. And so we would go down to the bar and sometimes I'd have some cocktails with them and sometimes I wouldn't. And when I wouldn't, I would find uh, the people that were sitting in the outskirts of the restaurant that weren't doing that, that weren't doing that. And I would get into a conversation. I found, holy shit, there's a lot more of them then there are guys at the bar. Yes. And now I didn't know that because I had no experience at that. It was just something I tried one but, day. But Mark, those people aren't fun, are they? They were awesome. <laughs> and actually- I have, I've had a student just recently say that to me. I don't want to be with those people. Those people that aren't doing that. And I'm like, you've never given them a chance. That's right. So so the question becomes, if you are attracted to CD bars and, and that kind of conversation, uh, you certainly can find it elsewhere. In, in garages and in, in restaurants and out in the street. Um, and not everybody is hammered that, right. that behaves that way. So the other thing is you can have a license to misbehave um, and do wild things and be involved with wild people and still not be drunk doing it. I do that all the Me time. Me too, absolutely. I have an entire group, a subgroup of friends throughout the state of Maine and New Hampshire in, in this hunting group that I've 
been working with for, for 15 years. They're some of my best friends. They're honest, hardworking, but a lot of them are pretty wild, really tough dudes and women, uh, really nice people. I would never have been involved in them if I hadn't had the avocation of hunting. It's just something right. that is important to me. And it became more important the more I developed these relationships. So I definitely have the license to misbehave with them, you know, driving around up on the logging roads and 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 just being a redneck is sort of the the flavoring of my youth. And I found that again in my 40s and 50s. So it's been wonderful. Wonderful. Yeah, I mean, look at I I both Mark and I understand the allure of meetings because we yeah. did it. We did it for a long time. And and you know, there is, there's something about sitting, here's, here's another allure, right? That we didn't talk about sitting and incessantly talking about your past and your problems. Mm-hmm. I mean, I highly recommend if that's something that you like doing, that you hire a professional to do it with and don't do it in a room full of strangers. Yeah, that's so true. You know, so, so, but there is an allure there. Now there are certain things there's a reality to life, okay? That there are certain things that we have to get through by ourselves, that we have to figure out in our own minds. And we can talk to somebody as long as they're giving us the right information, somebody that's going to be helpful to us. We can talk to somebody about it and get more information. But ruminating on it and just rehashing the problem and rehashing the problem, rehashing the problem not only nobody ever stays stagnant, right? So you're either going backwards or forwards. And, and there comes a tipping point when you go to meetings where you might feel some benefit for the first little while, but the tipping point where for a lot of people is probably within the first month or two, because that's when most people leave. Yeah. Um, and they realize there's nothing here for me other than talking about my past and my problems. Yeah. So we are what we think literally not figuratively, but literally you are what you think. That's who you are. So if you're talking about your past, you're reliving it, you're recreating it and you're becoming it. Yeah. So people ask me all the time, how do you get over trauma as an example then, Mark, if you don't talk about it? Well, you talk about it once to identify it, right? You say it loud and proud once, you cry, you shake, you shudder, you go through that experience. And then you say to yourself, I'm drawing a line in the sand and I'm moving on from it. There is no other answer with trauma. There is no. no other answer. I had so much bad shit happen to me as a kid that ha- there was no answer in therapy for me. There just wasn't. There was, I'm going to be a different person. I'm not going to treat my children that way. I'm going to rewrite my future, right? I'm going to rewrite my past by by overwriting it with my future, by making different decisions than my parents made with me. Yeah. And I'll try my best to be a good human being and everything that I'm doing because the people around me weren't the best when I was growing up. So I, I moved on and I, I can look back at the rape, the beatings, the awful shit that was happening to me now as a kid. And I can say, that was me then. It ain't me now. Well, <laughs> and before I'm going to chime in, before we get hate email, 
that people with trauma don't need therapy, that we're saying they don't need therapy. We're not saying that at all. Um, some people benefit greatly from it. I think it really depends on the therapist oh, yeah. and what they're what they're doing with you. Yeah. Um, if you don't start to feel better in a few months of therapy, you're with the wrong therapist. Yeah, I, I would say within if you don't see some improvement within three uh, meetings, you know, sessions there should be some movement. Yeah. You should start to be, cause the goal is to now look at there's, there's some trauma that we have that's long-term trauma. Like I'll notice I have a response to something today. That's, that's in a, like not quite appropriate, but it's something that might remind me mm-hmm. of trauma of the trauma I yeah, had cues, when I was young. Cues, yep. This happened to me recently. And then I just have to like, kind of, refile it away. Like, no, nothing bad is happening to me right now. Um, but I've learned how to do that. And you've learned how to separate yourself from that in the future. You said, well, I don't need to be in that environment. I can, I, I can take the bull by the horns and just not be a part of that anymore. Exactly. Exactly. Not participate in something that, that, I don't even like the word triggers my trauma. I don't I hate all that cues, stuff. Cues you to behave. It yeah. does, but it but it just reminds me. There you go. It reminds me of something that was really unpleasant and right. awful. Reminds. Yes, yeah. exactly. So, so you know, we kind of got in here. Well, that with AA, when you go to AA, when I went to AA, there was a whole lot of weird stuff. It was. A, almost abusive to a certain extent. Um, so people that go to AA with trauma, I think it's one of the worst environments they can be in because everything is minimized and everything is about your part in it. And everything is about your, oh, this the trauma caused your substance use. But at the same time, you were the cause of your trauma to a certain extent, if you're going to do your fourth and fifth step correctly. Yeah, the so, wicked I mean, shaming. It's, it's Just all terrible like shaming. this weird circular thing mm-hmm. Um, so if you're somebody that has, that believes that your trauma has caused your addiction, AA is the last place you should be. Cause number one, it's not a cause. Um, we talk about it, all about it in the freedom model. Um, it's, it, you may see it as a reason. If you believe in the magic of substances, then you'll definitely feel compelled, you know, whenever you're triggered by your trauma or whatever, yeah. reminded of your trauma, you'll feel like you want to go get get drunk or high, right? Because you felt like it's helping you. Um, so, so we undo that too, that whole belief system. Um, we do not reinforce it. You know, you, these things are, can be separated and corrected on their own. Yeah. Does that make sense? What I just said? Yeah. In a big way, in a big way. Yeah. Yeah. So, so the attractiveness of AA is based on a lot of different things with the individuals. I think we've hit on, on the, the major categories, I think that ultimately, what do we want you to know? We want you to know that there's a solution that doesn't require that you take yourself out of society for large periods of time. There's a solution contained within your mind to be able to let go of the perceived benefits of heavy substance use, whatever that might be for you. Um, And it doesn't require meetings, deep therapies. It doesn't require replacement drugs. It doesn't require any of these things. What it requires is that you change your mind with good information. That's and it. and you don't need a meeting to do that. You don't need the allure of taking yourself out of society. You don't have to classify yourself as a special individual that has a special class of problem because drinking and drugging heavily is not a special class of problem. It's a preference that you've built over time. And, uh, and then you can move on. 
if you really want to move on, then we can show you how to do that. Exactly how to do that. Not some arbitrary recovery process or grouping of actions. We can show you how to change your mind. Yeah, that's exactly right. You are not weak. You are not broken. And therefore you do not need support in the sense that to, to not drink or use drugs, you don't need any support. Um, you need the right information. That's right. And, um, so we're going to, we're going to close that up, but we're going to talk a little bit about how you can get the right information. Um, we, uh, have the best way you can get it right now is freedom model international membership. Um, you have access in it to all of our digital products, including the Freedom Model online program, which is video tutorials that Mark and I do. We take you through the entire Freedom Model book. We do um, individ- like three to four individual lessons per chapter. Um, and we have additional chapters in there, including the binge construct. Um, Mark does a wonderful video on the mind and the brain. Um, and we also have uh, about moving on, which we call life movements, about how you can, you know, get your life going. There's no reason to wait um, to get your life going. Now, within that membership, you also get the Freedom Model for the Family program. So if your family is struggling with this idea that you need recovery, we can show them how to move past that idea and and work in concert with you going through the curriculum of, of the Freedom Model. You also get our, our, our books, PDFs of our books. Yeah. You get the audio book yes. as, as a complimentary service. You also get a two-hour members-only live uh, Freedom Model question and answer session with Michelle and I. It's basically a class. Um, and, and you get to ask yeah, the questions. You get to ask the questions. You get It's in Zoom. You get to like raise your hand, but there's no video because we want to preserve your privacy. Yeah. Um, so when you come on, maybe you want to adjust what your name says or whatever you, if you, yep, you don't want be, other people to You can be anonymous. Say, yep. So, um, but we, we, they've been great. They and have. so our next one is the last Wednesday. It's the last Wednesday of every month. And so the next one will be the last Wednesday in July or in July, 2022 right now. There's Um, also a really good piece since you're watching this particular podcast. um, That is a five uh, seminar, five part seminar series on why nobody should go to AA. I break down AA's history and, and where it came from, why it's a cult and why nobody should ever go to AA. It's called 12-step deprogramming. I think some people are looking for something that says the history of AA, um, but it's actually called 12-step deprogramming. So when you go into the lessons or go into your dashboard- your, For your membership. For your membership, it'll. It's. I think it's one of the last ones there um, that's listed. We also have a newsletter that mm. comes out once a month uh, that has different interesting articles and- Book reviews and yep, all kinds of stuff. Yep. So different books, other books that we recommended reading um, that that we have people do when they'll often when they come to the retreat. And you get all of this for $39.95 a month. You can join up for a month or you can stay on for as long as you need to and then quit uh, the membership when you want to as well. Then the next stage of help is if you need to have private instruction, which is usually 12 to 15 classes with uh, one of our certified uh, instructors. Yep. And you can do that via Zoom. And that's called Freedom Model Private Instruction. Uh, so that's private one-on-one classes with with an instructor, uh, video conferenced. And then we have, of course, the St. Jude Retreat, which we've been running for 33 years, which is where we are right now yep. in my studio. And you would work directly with Mark and I. Um, you, we practically live here. 
So, yeah. <laughs> so you're, you're with us, uh, sometimes six days a week. Um, we have, a, a chef, a wonderful chef. Yeah. He's been with us for 18 years. Yeah. And, awesome. uh, and just, we have just some, a really great staff. Um, that's here to take care of you when you're here. Yeah, so it's it's sort of an executive style retreat. It's really really beautiful here and very private. There's only four beds, and we're usually and full. They, each person has their own bedroom. Um, we have two bedrooms with their own bathrooms, and then the other two bedrooms share one bathroom on the like mm-hmm. a, like on a, it's it's a home. It's it's, it's was like my, a, it used to be my father's house. Yeah, it's like a bed and <laughs> breakfast where you, on 80 acres where you can learn the freedom model. Uh, and it usually takes anywhere between three and four weeks to get through that entire curriculum. That's for people that want time out and really want to get their life together and need that time away. Yeah. And uh, yeah. like I said, we've been doing it for 33 years, so we're experts at helping you in we hospitality. We are. And all we that. are. And we have, a, we have a lot of fun with our guests. Yeah. We really do. If you want more information about that particular program, go to Sober Forever. That's Sober forever.net. So you'll see across the bottom, if you're watching on YouTube, across the bottom of the screen is all of our different websites. Um, Online.thefreedommodel.org is where you would go to get the membership. Um, Soberforever.net, it talks about the retreat, but the retreat and the private instruction are also on the freedommodel.org website. Um, And the the number, the toll-free number is at the top of our screen. I don't know if that live insignia covers it. It, it doesn't, doesn't no. Okay. <laughs> I All watched right. it. I wanted to see. So our toll-free number, if you're on the radio or you listen to us on Spotify or one of the other podcast uh, ways to listen is 888-424-2626. And I want to encourage you, um, if you know somebody that can benefit from our podcast, it really is, needs an addiction solution and is ready to move on, or somebody that wants to break free from the whole recovery lifestyle as well, share with them. You talk about our podcast. Let people know about us. Yeah, um, we it's, our podcast has grown quite a bit in the last year, so we thank everybody uh, for all that you're doing. And always take the time to give us a good rating. Yes, for sure. It helps more people. All right, thanks everyone, and we'll see you next week. Bye, everybody. Hey everyone, Michelle here. I'm so excited to let you know about Freedom Model International Membership. Get support as you deprogram from the 12 steps and the shackles of addiction recovery. For a low monthly membership fee, you get the Freedom Model online program, which includes our books, our audiobooks, workbooks, and all the additional lessons. You also get the Freedom Model for the Family online program as well. You will get a live members-only two-hour question-and-answer webinar with Mark and myself the last Wednesday of every month. And each week, we're going to add a new video lesson. We call this the What We Learned This Week series. Lastly, we also have the Freedom Model International monthly newsletter, where we're going to tackle the current events and the latest research for you. All this for just $39.95 per month. You can stay a member for as long as you need. And you can suspend or cancel your subscription whenever you're ready. Go to online.thefreedommodel.org to sign up today.